Now, case in point with Global News Radio legal expert Lauren Honickman. It is that time of the week when I meet my friend Lauren and we talk a little legal stuff. Hello. How are you? What a day today. Ooh, what a it day. was a very busy day. You know, I knew that the plea was coming. We talked about this we, last week. We yes, did. we did. We talked about it. Um, and, you know, I think it can't be understated just or even overstated as to how big a deal this is, especially given uh, Lauren... All eight. There was no negotiation, no reduction. So, you know, we had got this in the Humboldt, and yep. now we got this case. But this case is different than Humboldt because, A, it was premeditated. Right. And it was done in the context of sexual assaults and, and forcible confinements. Um, so there would have been, there could, if this had gone to trial, it was a lot riskier. Yeah. They would have gotten a conviction. You have have eight victims. You have eight charges. Every time you add a charge, it's riskier. And, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because you you look at it and, and you say, is there any leverage at all? You know, when you when when you work out plea agreements. Um, there's always, it's like any settlement agreement. It doesn't matter what it is in the civil context, in the criminal context. One side is, is sort of giving up something. So, you know, what, what, what are we going to hear next week on the, in the sentencing? And maybe, maybe, maybe the leverage here was where the Crown looked and said, look, um, he, he won't be eligible for parole until he's 91. Um, and even then, the, the odds of him ever getting parole are about one in a billion, giving, given the circumstances. So we'll give up. Maybe we're going to give up the um, the asking for consecutive sentences, right. and and we'll agree to concurrent on all eight. And you you know you can serve twenty five years, just like the old days. Eligibility for parole in twenty five, and say and and maybe that's who knows, you know, or maybe it, it it you know at the end of the day, again, when you look at twenty five years, ninety one years old, he said, you know. It doesn't matter. So we'll find out next week. But, but certainly, um, uh, at the end of it all, it's it 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 is an, an incredible relief for uh, for the families of the victims, for uh, for the community, um, uh, not having to go through this trial. And obvious would have been, as you can just see in the agreed statement of facts, even in the mm. in the very abbreviated facts uh, that. Um, uh, that the, this is would be gruesome beyond belief, you know, to have to sit through and listen to the evidence. So sure, but that that more of it will be presented certainly next week. Yeah, and, and you know, I saw the I was watching from my office live the um, uh, the news conference or the, the scrum outside, you know, and uh, and the detective and good for the detectives and the job they did, whatever. But you know, I, and again, this is just an aside, Alex. It was like, well, I'm not saying I can't say anything, and I'm thinking, you know, there's not much to prejudice right now. You know, there's no there's no fair trial interest here, and uh, that's why I love it when people say alleged. I'm like, you don't have to say yeah, that anymore. Yeah, He's you guilty. Don't have to say alleged anymore, <laughs> and uh, you know, the 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 officer didn't want to get into any of the details. Well, we're here to okay. Yeah. Right, no <laughs> what, what, is there yeah. another charge coming yeah, that we I don't know, know about? I, know. I just. And I, I, and that's an aside. I, it's just, it's just once again, it's we we always seem to have this. Uh, I, and again, I don't want to get off topic, but when the RCMP had held their news conference last week about mm-hmm. what was happening in Cape, it was the same thing. It was like, you know, why you hold, why are you even? That's speaking? what I said. Why, why do you, why do you, why have a press conference for yeah. something that you can put out on a press right, release? Because right. you've wasted and a lot of people's time. Exactly. Anyway, but yeah. but that aside, it, it was a very obviously a very important day and an, and, and an important day for the families. So the Crown has not said what it is seeking in sentence, and certainly whether it's going to ask for a consecutive 
executive or uh, you know whatever they're going to go for. But that that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, there's no if they had said you know we've already got a deal in sentencing, ugh, that would not. I, I would well. say that they do have the deal. I can yeah, tell you I, I right think now. they do too. One thousand um, percent, Alex. Yeah. They have the deal. So, we don't, so yeah. when they went to court, remember we, we when you and I talked about this, and they said, "Oh, he's in court," and we said, "Oh, well, maybe they're working it out." And there's no doubt before this happens, what would have taken place is called a judicial pretrial, a JPT, you know, with with a judge and the crown and the defense would have been in there, and they would have worked this out. Sure. Um, and and this is so they know what it is, and 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 like I say, people should be surprised. If at the end of it all, there there are no consecutive sentences, um, only because again, um, when you look at his age and you look at what would happen, but maybe there's going to be one consecutive sentence, but something will be in there. Um, uh, what, what we'll hear about, and of course, or, or, or he'll get life sentence, but there will definitely be a danger offender status. Yeah, there. that's the other thing yeah. I was going to say. So maybe there's a danger offender status uh, that that uh, remember uh, Paul Bernardo yeah. when he was sentenced at the same time, and he was designated. A, a dangerous offender at that moment, and maybe that will happen at that moment as well. So, and then of course it, next week we'll give the families a chance to put in their victim impact statements. Always now an important part of the uh, the whole process. Yeah, and and it's interesting because you know a lot of people always say, well, we don't need to know more. We don't need to know really what happened. And I'm like, well, you know, you might not need to know, and people might not want to hear it, but we do need to have that on record because right. you do not want to just uh, skimp on the details. Yeah. Um, um, because, you know, there's going to be other cases that come along that one day someone might have to say, well, you know, looking at the MacArthur case, this is what happened. I mean, if that's not on record of what he did to those men. Right. And and when you look at the agreed statement of facts, Alex, a lot of them, they said, Mr. MacArthur staged Mr. Cahan after he killed him. And, and staging in, in, in forensic criminology, a lot of times crime scenes are staged by murderers. So meaning that, um, for example, they'll, they'll do things to a crime scene so it looks like it's not a crime scene, for example. They, uh, and, and, and the words in the, in the, in the uh, statement of facts says that they, it staged the, the deceased. So what does that mean? And I, I think we'll, we'll have to hear about that because that, that means that's a premeditated yes. action by Mr. MacArthur of what he did uh, after the murder. So. Right. And so next week, I mean, look, I mean, and if they have to put that in, then I assume that they have to put photographs and evidence in. Well, they may not. They may not have to do they, that. Okay. And they may. And, and again, this has already been worked out as to what do they really need. You know, for for a guilty plea, as you can see, everybody can go online and read those agreed yes. statement of facts. And in fact, it's titled. It's not even titled agreed statement of facts. It's brief statement of facts. Mm-hmm. And that's all they need for the guilty plea to enough to have it there for for the judge to be able to say that based on the guilty plea and based on those statement of facts, he finds him guilty of first degree murder. So, but we may get more detail. And, and the officer certainly seemed to suggest that we would. Yeah, uh, it certainly is a, a big, big deal uh, that, that this happened. And, and, and no question, uh, and this matter still before the courts, it would be the, um, the van attack on on Young Street, I, I think that they, that would be another case that's coming up that would yeah, that w- and, fit and the again, criteria yeah. of you know, do we go this way or do we go to trial? And yeah, 
So that's and again, you know, we don't uh, we don't really we haven't heard much about that. Uh, but that was you know it was funny because at one point, remember though, both those cases mm-hmm. were set for trial almost around the same time. Right, and I was like, I want to cover both. How am I going to do this? And my boss is like, Well, you got to show it. I'm like, Yeah, but I want to do both. Both of these trials are so fascinating. You, right. you know, you want to cover them, but yeah. yeah. So so we'll see, and we'll see what will happen with that. And and again, once again. Maybe we won't be surprised down the road if if there's any Another type point. of uh, any type of plea agreement. We don't know at this point. I don't have a lo- I mean, this is not a local case, but it certainly is interesting. Uh, Thunder Bay judge has issued a stay of proceedings in the case of Adam uh, Capé. Uh, this is a 26-year-old First Nations man from uh, Luxol who spent four and a half years in solitary confinement, and that was round the clock. And the judge basically tossed out the the conviction as i understand because the punishment didn't fit the crime and well, he he was he was convicted of first degree murder yeah and and the the most the important part of this case is um and this happens sometimes and and thankfully it's 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 only rarely will something like this happen is that you look at 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 what he went through in his pre-trial custody right. his lengthy and his harsh stay you know he's in solitary confinement and a judge found that that violated his four charter, sections right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of the of the charter and and basically as a remedy as a remedy because of that he said that he's going to stay uh the murder charge and 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 I don't think that has happened before, where it has dealt with pretrial custody. Right. And, and oh, wait, that, well, well, didn't we just have a? Uh, maybe we did not. I'm trying I, to think I of a pretrial think, uh, case. My, my recollection was, and again, but his continuous yeah. solitary yeah. confinement, one thousand. 636 days, minimal access to showers, reading materials, writing tools, cell, uh, cell radio, any indigenous services, canteen foods, uh, foods, and people out there may be saying, who cares? You know, like uh, if, you know, if he's, you know. Well, no, because we have a system in place that you're presumed innocent. I mean, that's a presumption of innocence. So that's not how we, yeah. That's right. And that's why it's so important. And, and, um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty important case, but I think these types of cases we can say with a certain degree of certainty uh, that they are thankfully few and far between. They are, and, and the charter I, I understand in that case, but and I don't have a lot of time to talk about this case, but this one really really cheesed me off last week, and you know about it because we it was with the it, well the dog can't sit, yeah if the dog sit. doesn't sit you must acquit and you get this this drug. Now I have to go back to alleged drug dealer who uses the charter, exploits the charter, and gets off these serious drug charges of, what, I have like 30,000 fentanyl pills? Because the sniffer dog didn't sit properly? Are you kidding me? But, but, you know, I know, but it sounds weird. (sighs) And so after we talked about Mm -hmm. it, I looked at it. Mm -hmm. Don't don't get all defense lawyer on me. No, 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 no. You know me. I I say it as it (laughs) is. Yeah, okay, I'll say it too. I don't know if that's quoting somebody. (laughs) It sounds so familiar. Um, But but no, but this dog, you you don't do a search unless you have reasonable grounds to do a search, right? Well, I... Clearly, there was a reasonable ground. No, no, no. There's 10 millions of drugs. The the dog did not do uh, whatever it is that, and I guess for the dog is, it's to sit. Well, there was a curb in his butt's way. Well, okay. So so the judge just found that... uh, the sniffer dog's behavior at that time uh, wasn't uh, did not 
provide the grounds. And so if you go in and you don't have ground, and, and, and here, take away the sniffer dog for a second. If the police just stop a car with no grounds to stop them and, and, and they find something, the same thing could happen. That's, what we, that's why our search and seizure laws are, are, um, are the way they are. But, yeah, but if you stop someone on a traffic check and you're a cop and you've got a hunch that the you know, 12 cell phones on the front seat and the overdose of Axe body spray might be, and the profuse <laughs> sweating might not be sitting right, maybe they got a, I mean, maybe there's a reason to pull well, no, them but, over. But it's, you know, you, you, you start at this point, you go, uh, if the dog does that, that's mm-hmm. why we have the dog to, to see, to give us those reasonable grounds. And if you don't have those reasonable grounds, <laughs> then you haven't reached that point where you can go, okay, I now can get into that car and, and start doing that search. So now so, you look at the new impaired driving laws. Like, if they're getting guys like this off because the dog did yeah. not sit and he got, got the acquittal, like these drug charges that they've been, these impaired driving charges. And I'm the only it, lawyer in the city who thinks it's the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's, it's true. true. But, know, but so all those cases go. will be tossed out go. if this one's not standing up. This is crazy. Anyway. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Well, this, this will be appealed. Oh, it must be appealed, and it must be overturned. We'll, we'll sniff its way through the courts. We'll see yeah. what happens. Well, next time, sit. Next time you know every dog, are you sitting in the dog? We sit right down. Sit down. Then start smacking its bum. You know. <laughs> All right. All I got to right, we'll let you go. Soon. Thank you, sir. Stay warm. We'll do you as well. Uh, that is Lauren Honickman. And it's true. He does. He's okay with those impaired driving laws. Many most were not. But that case in BC is a load of... A load of hooey here on Point on Global News Radio.